Hi, I'm Michael Jonathan Smith, a writer, producer on Cobra Kai, and I wrote episode 403, uh, Then Learn Fly, and you're listening to Cobra Kai Companion. back to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion, and I'm Peter. I'm Brianna. And joining us, uh, a companion favorite, Michael Jonathan Smith, writer. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me back. Yeah, no problem. I mean, I, I think you were our very first writer that wasn't part of the big three um, after season three, I, I believe. Really? Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I would have I could have sworn you guys talked to Joe and Luan before me, but that's awesome. They, I'm Happy to, I'm happy to be on here. Well, you were definitely the first after season three. But oh, after season right. three, got it, got it. But yeah, yes, yes, you're right. After season three, you're right. We did right. Speak. And technically, you were the first that we spoke to anyway because you were the first that we like met in person. That's right. true. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember I was in my office when you came by. Uh, yes. God, Hayden shut the door. Yeah, yep. Hayden shut the door. I had all the cards on my wall. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> should have got a dang picture you know when we were busy, oh, well. But, uh, well i was you know you didn't know i was just another cog in the wheel at that time <laughs> now well, now you now you know what now you know the connection all that so I'll let, me, let me ask you this um you know at the time of this recording in a little over two months is the event at pelly center is that something you might be attending uh i will not be attending that no unfortunately which is a okay. bummer i will be enjoying it from the stands or whatever. Uh, but I'm, I'm pumped for everyone who's going and it's, I love the Paley event. So that's going to be a good interview. So we, we, when you say the stands, you're not, meaning oh, I mean like from be... home, I'm, I'm not okay, going to be okay. there. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. Because, um, because as of right now, I have a, an admission ticket to go. I'm, oh. I'm waiting on getting a plane ticket. So once I get that plane ticket, then I'll know it's for sure that I'm going. Awesome. So, well, enjoy but, that. It'll yeah. be super fun. Yeah, the wheels are spinning. So, um, at, at least for me. So, um, definitely looking forward to to that. Um, Very cool. So, let, let's get some some things out of the way to catch up with you, since it it, it has been about a year since we've spoken with you. Um, I don't remember the timeline, and if we spoke about it already, but Twisted Metal is is there anything you can share about that? I unfortunately cannot share anything at the moment. Hopefully, okay. we'll we'll hopefully we'll be able to share something somewhat soon. But. Uh, yeah, I can't share anything at the moment. Um, but okay. I love that. I love. I love what we were doing on it. So uh, yeah, well, hopefully I can share something soon. That's awesome. So um, since you can't, I, I, I know nothing obviously, but for those that are kind of interested, um, it, it is based off of a, a video game uh, yes. involving yeah. cars and and weaponry um, and all yes. that. Yeah, a lot of demolition derby style fights yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. And uh, I'm. Uh, Produce it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I would be, you know, writing and producing show running it with, um, you know, with uh, Rhett, uh, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, who did Deadpool and Zombieland, uh, among others, they are executive producing, they kind of took created the world and uh, let me run with it. Uh, Will Arnett would be in it. He, he's, a, he, or he'd be involved. He's producing it. And then Anthony Mackie would star. Um, wow. 
which is crazy and he's amazing um oh, so yeah God. it's just a total dream it's like um you know i i I've, I've been working on it for a bit. You know, I was developing it in between season four and five, actually. Um, actually, between season three and four, and then okay. subsequently four and five, because the turnaround, we, we spoke before you started recording, but the turnaround between season four and five was like months. Uh, so I've been kind of working on it on the slide, and, uh, or on the side, I mean. And uh, it's like, I, it's, it's so much fun writing on that, working on that show, just because, you know, it's like, it lets it's like pretty much exactly the way I love to write, which is like all the comedy, all the drama, all the like you know the the emotion, all the action. It's like it just lets me write as much of myself as possible. So it's just like uh, it's a blast, uh, yeah. and hopefully I'll be able to you know share more about it uh, in the near future. I, I mean that's that's definitely um, more, more than enough right there to kind of whip your uh, what your appetite. I um didn't I don't, I don't think i even knew will arnett and anthony mackie were attached so that's awesome yeah anthony mackie's attached and will arnett producing yeah yeah um what uh do, do we know what network uh, uh i can't share anything about that okay okay yeah and obviously live action if, if we have it would be live action which is <laughs> yeah. wild yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty insane that's um, cool. But, that's cool. uh, but yeah yeah there's nothing honestly there's nothing really to, to share about it uh beyond okay. that i'm attached to it and yeah. uh uh, and I did write a, I wrote a pilot, but, um, that was before, you know, we went out and tried to sell it. That was just more with, with, for Sony. Um, but, uh, yeah. So excited for you, man. That's awesome. Thank you. That's, Thank you. That's really awesome. It's, it, it's really cool. Um, so, um, the last time we talked to you, uh, we were, or you were just as starting to settle into this, uh, brave new world of virtual writers rooms being the norm rather than the exception. Um, has that developed more? Obviously uh, we're still not going much of anywhere a year later. Um, so are you more used to that? Is that becoming kind of your standard operating procedure now? Are you more used to it? You know, I, I think like, I, I'll be honest, you know, writing season four was completely digital and I, and I really did not enjoy it. I, it, I love the show and I love writing on the show, but the, the zoom of it all, I, I really struggled with personally because I have, you know, to be honest, I have a lot of anxiety and a lot of like, it, you know, in your room with other people, you pitch a joke, you get an immediate response. Or you pitch an idea. It's easier to read the room on zoom. You're looking at a bunch of screens and everyone's muted. So you have no idea how things are landing, stuff like that. Since then, I've definitely gotten more used to it and, you know, figured out, you know, more systems and stuff like that. And, um, you know, season five was actually in person, which mm -hmm. was great. It was, I think, uh, you know, Joe alluded to this uh, when he was, Joe and Luan alluded to this when they were on. We started in person in L.A., but then because of the timeline, we actually moved the entire writer's room to Atlanta for season five. So we were out there all together and uh, it, it made a, a world of difference being in person. And, and you know, a writer's room that I'm, right, I'm working in right now where we started in person and then had to shift to digital and we're figuring out new systems of raising hands and zoom and all of that. And it's, that's definitely helped. Uh, so I think I've gotten my sea legs a little bit more about it just because you're right. Like so much of our lives have been centered around zoom lately. Uh, I still vastly prefer being in person, obviously. Um, so I definitely feel better about, about the zoom of it all and trying to help other writers who have not been in the zoom rooms as much uh, at least give some tips and, and help with that. So, you know, it's been tough, but uh, I think, you know, the, the fact that we were able to be in person for season five was like huge because uh, that was around, you know, when Delta uh, started rising. So mm -hmm. timeline wise, it was like right when Delta started appearing was when we started in person and we were just being very careful about it. And, and we didn't have any I mean, you know, we didn't have any cases 
at least with the, with the, within the room. So, you know, we were safe, you know, wore masks, we're vaxxed. So it all, it all worked out. Fantastic. Um, yeah. I, I love the framing of your camera right now. Uh, I, I feel we, we have to uh, kind of talk about some of the things behind you. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. So, so what do we got there? So I've got this, uh, I think, is it Matt Tobin poster? Uh, that, um, you know, Joe knows the artist. I think it's Matt Tobin. Uh, I apologize if it isn't. Uh, it sounds like he, he did the Mondo poster. So that's the Mondo poster that we did for Cobra Kai. And Joe was kind enough to make sure that we could get a bunch for the writer's room uh, that we all paid for. Uh, but I, I love that poster. So I had it framed uh, around here, which is awesome. Because this guy, um, I'll, I'll have to look up his name. Oh, it's uh, the Framing Devil in LA. He actually like added all these snake details and stuff like that. So we got that. And then in the back, we've got, uh, let's see, we've got a uh, Scott Campbell Cobra Kai, uh, uh, Karate Kid. Uh, here, I'll bring it closer. Let's see. Got that. I don't know if you can see that. <laughs> oh, I uh, fell in love with those. I wanted those so bad and they sold out so fast. I know. I know. I snapped. My wife actually snatched it for me as a gift. And then this is. Ugh. So this is, you know, it's a, obviously it's a Funko, but this is actually uh, the writer's room season one gift from uh, the big three. They got us all Johnny Funkos. And then this trophy uh, was the wrap gift from Ralph uh, for season four. And he signed it, which is very, very nice. And I have our names on it and all that, which is <laughs> awesome. And then the golden Cobra in the back was actually a gift from... Um, my friends uh, who actually moved to Portland, but they're huge Cobra Kai fans. And, you know, they're just so nice. And they were at a rummage sale and like totally just saw that Cobra and mailed it to me. Just, I think around when, uh, I think it was around when we got the pickup for season five, uh, they, they mailed it to me. Uh, and so that was a very nice surprise. I'm trying to think if I have any other fun. I got a, I got a sweet tooth to some metal car Funko back yeah, there too yeah. for fun. And uh, <laughs> some other Star Wars stuff and some destiny stuff so yeah oh also i grabbed i wanted to one-up joe and luan <laughs> so they i know they shared their uh jersey so i got a jersey also because i'm not as heavily thing but uh you don't see me as much but i was one of the uh tahunga terrors nice so costumes was nice enough to send me that and then also bob dearden as a wrap gift for season four sent us all eagle fang jerseys nice Okay, so we've seen, uh, we've seen um, the video. I'm not of, sure you've uh, seen these, but John, I want to show yeah. mine off. Uh, yeah. yeah, we wore those all the time. There's, it's, those are my pajamas. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, you, you guys anyway. um, give each other some really great wrap uh, uh, gifts, uh, especially, and I don't want to say especially Ralph, but like I, I've seen some of the other things Ralph has given. Like um, he, I, I've seen like the kids had like uh, chopsticks after one season. Yeah. Really yeah. cool chopsticks from from Ralph. So yeah, yeah, we got chopstick. I got some chopsticks too. I got um, some other cool wrap gifts. Um, the big three go nuts. I mean, one year we got mugs, which were these beautiful big beer mugs that had all three dojos. That was a season four gift. They gave us like we got bicycles one year, which what? was crazy. <laughs> uh, it was it was wild. Their assistant at the time, I don't know. I hope I can okay. I share this. Their assistant at the time, Bobby uh, D, texted me. Cause I had, I was not in Atlanta. I, I left, uh, you know, the last two weeks of season three, I think. And I get this text from him being like, uh, choose, <laughs> you know, kind of like, uh, you know, from, from karate kid. 
and there were just three images of bicycles, like beautiful, you know, beach cruisers. Uh, and they mailed it to me, uh, which was super nice. Like it came in this big box, but I had no way to like, I am not, I don't know how to build anything. I'm terrible with building stuff. So I ended up having to bring it to a bike store to build it for me. And I, I don't bike. I like, I, it's hard, probably hard to tell I'm sitting here, but I don't exactly like bike. So I get the bicycle and I can't get it in my car. I don't have a bike rack. So I literally have no way to get the bike back to my house. So I end up having to go back inside, have them take the wheel off of it, shove it back in my car and then go home and like kind of finagle away with duck, like to get the wheel back onto a temporary. So like the bike is like not even rideable at the moment because I don't have the right tools to like safely put the wheel back on. So it is currently in my garage, but it's beautiful. Um, and it came with like a Cobra Kai uh, bike cover, bike seat cover, which is super nice. So anyway, the guys like shower us with gifts. Our wrap gift in season four was like really cool. The guy who did that poster actually designed a Cobra Kai t-shirt to look like the Coors Banquet. Uh, oh design. yeah. So th- those are very, very cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, we've gotten some sweet wrap gifts over the years. I think uh, I think I've seen Joe wear that Coors one. It, yes. May- maybe, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. maybe even in like our interview with him, maybe the first one or something. I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, put it past him. That shirt rules. Uh, yeah. I love that shirt. Sounds basically familiar. But uh, yeah, if if you ever, um, you know, come up to Poland to visit your friends, you know, love to take yes. you out for coffee or something. That would be great. I will definitely, we're definitely planning a, a Portland trip at some point. Uh, Cause I miss those guys. Um, yeah. And I've always wanted to go up there. I've never been up there. So, you yeah, know, it'd be an awesome excuse to get up there. So I would love to do that. That'd be great. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, Brianna, do you, you want to ask me anything else before we get into four or three a little bit? Um, I, I just was going to say, I, I do remember somebody because I remember us both um, reacting to the, the, um, Cobra, Cobra banquet basically yeah. shirt, but I can't remember if it was, if it was one of Joe and Luan or if it may have been Zach and Leo. Mm. I, I feel it's Joe because, because um, I know uh, recently I've seen a picture of Joe wearing it and I, and it might've been one of his behind the scene uh, pictures of, you know, with him in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We all have like, Cobra Kai sweatshirts and t-shirts. So like my, I'd say like, you know, 75% of my clothing are Cobra Kai related gear. Yeah. Uh, whether I, it's from gifts or just what I bought myself. <laughs> I don't know as if you it saw should this. Be. In, as it know. should be. No, as it should be. Well, oh, speaking on, of that's... gifts, this, this was a gift uh, from uh, Sensei Pialani, one of our moderators. Oh, that's amazing. That's so, so this is, I love that. So this is a hockey sweater is what it's called because i guess cool. they can't use the word jersey or whatever sure sure so, i love that oh that's amazing yeah. man so that's that's pretty cool um i i wore it for our interview with john and hayden and love and it when had to do john it. got on he was like what is that <laughs> he was very interested john has john has some of the best cover kai gear i mean he's just like he's got i actually ended up getting it too that like there's like a contender's skeleton sweatshirt I yeah. love that sweatshirt. I'm like, I got one for myself. Uh, they're so good. Yeah. Yeah, it's really awesome. Um, I, I'm sure they um, kind of uh, t- took the inspiration from Tori in season three. Oh, 100%. I mean, yeah. that, that outfit, Tori's outfit in that season is like one of my all-time favorites. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, Frank is like an amazing costume designer. He like outdone him. He's outdone himself. I love all oh, yeah. the costumes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Interview co- uh, coming soon with, with Frank. We've already spoken with mm. him. We just, we just He's wanted to, 
we just wanted to put out 401 first before we continued putting out more interviews. Yeah. So. He, he, I, I'll, I won't, I'm not going to get specific, but there's one outfit in season five that he designed for, uh, for Courtney, for Amanda, that mm. might be one of my favorite, like in the context of the scene and the choice that he made, it's like my all time favorite uh, costume decision. Like, I, I, I'm not going to get specific because I, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's so cool. It's just a great, like, you'll know it when you see it is like my feeling does, about it. So, so does this beat Dimitri's Pac-Man suit? For me, it might. <laughs> Dimitri's Pac-Man suit is amazing. I mean, that suit is so, like, when we saw it, we were just like, holy cow, what a, what a find. Uh, I, it's, it's different. Cause it's also, it's, I'm also biased because it's, it's in one of my episodes. So I okay. just like, I, when I saw it, I was like gushing about it. I just thought it was such a cool choice. Um, but anyway, uh, Frank's go. amazing. He's a genius. Awesome. So we got a season five tease, something that Amanda wears. <laughs> Amanda wears something cool <laughs> in an episode. Okay. <laughs> I'm excited to watch, uh, I'll watch the, uh, watch the videos, uh, trying to decipher what the heck I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to put my right. money on clothing. Yes. Yes. It is clothing. <laughs> okay. Possibly oh, address. Possibly address. I, I can't spoil it one way or the other. It might be address. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, then, learn fly. Um, yeah. You know, a uh, uh, fantastic episode. This has Thank you. a lot of different things, and you know, like I, I know it gets difficult to um, kind of remember who says what. Uh, you know, John mentioned like you know he listens to some of our um, interviews with the writers, and we often ask like, well, who who came up with this joke, or who came up with yeah. this line? And he said everything's coming so fast and furious, it's hard to keep track. And, um, but with, with yours, you, you have a lot of different things too. And I don't know if it's things that, um, you wrote into the script or, or, uh, someone from the art department just thought that it'd be cool to add certain things. Like specifically what I'm getting at is Johnny's van or Daniel's, you know, van that, you know, is stolen. Yeah. And we get the, the, the Eagle Fang art on that. Can you talk about that? Yeah, we, we, we knew that we wanted that to happen. We just like, we, I, I don't know who pitched it. Like I, it might've been a joke that we had been thinking about doing for a bit, but like, we loved the idea that he had like, de- de- you know, he, he decked it out. He, we call it the Eagle, Mo- Eagle mobile, you know, the Eagle van. So I think there was honestly, there were earlier versions of the cold open that was like, it, it was a parody of the back in black uh, cold open. Oh. You remember where they, mm-hmm. they, they, they made the Cobra mobile, but it was like, the same thing being done to the Eagle van, which was just so funny to us. But in, in the end, it became a much better cold open. So we always knew it was going to, we were going to show that off. And I think the way it just ended up where the final reveal of it uh, was, I don't, I don't remember how, whether that was my idea or whatever, but it just felt like the perfect way to cap off that episode, that cold open of just like, Oh my God, it, like, look what he did to the Eagle van. Uh, so, so that's kind of, but it was something we talked about in the room all the time that like we had to do it. Yeah. Uh, so I have a quick follow-up. So I, I, there must have been a discussion about the the challenger, uh, whether or not you know um, Johnny was ever going to get that back. Yeah, you know we we there were always, you know I think there were even versions of it appearing in uh, in as early as season three. We we had ideas about it, but you know we were we're saving it for the right time. Is all I'll say. Mm. Okay, okay, fair. So, so like, maybe we'll see in the future. Maybe not. It's. Yeah, the Cobra yeah. is like any character from the Cobra from the Karate Kid um, Miyagi verse. Uh, anyone could show up, so right. who knows? Right. Who knows if the car will come back or not? <laughs> yeah, 
Well, speaking of um, facets of the of the cold open and things that may or may not have been, we may have heard a rumor that um, framing and blocking to make it look like Johnny and Daniel were about to kiss may have been someone's idea. <laughs> I, I can't take any credit for any of that. Uh, it, I, I think that I, I think I totally hear I, I listened to that podcast that Joe said I cannot take any credit for that. Um, I, I like I'll, I'll say that Marielle did like an incredible job, you know, when she this is her first time being on Cobra Kai and she came in with like just this brilliant vision for the cold open about the camera moving one way with Johnny and the other way. And like she actually had this amazing um, like she put together a uh, uh, what do you what do you call it? Like a previs of like what she imagined the, the cold open to be that she shot with her partner uh, in her apartment, like every camera angle, all that stuff. So it's all, all credit goes to her for the framing of all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I love that cold open. That cold open is just so much fun. And, and it's just such a, it was just like a blast to kind of attack it and be like, what, it, like, this is Johnny and Daniel's best day. This is like the two of them at their peak. This is like the thing. Life is good. They figured it out and things are in sync and things are working. And it was just like so much fun to attack that cold open. Well, one of my favorite moments and, and, and not because of what they're doing, it's maybe more of the framing of it, but it's, it's when they're sharing lunch. Yeah, yes. that was that was the thing we always talked about doing. And, and yeah. That seems amazing. That moment's amazing. Um, them sitting on that sparring deck, it reminds me of that historical um, picture of, I, I think it's, it takes place in New York where like all the workers are like sitting yeah. on the beam. Up on the, yeah. up, yep, up on the sky, the, the um, Empire State Building. Yeah, okay, yes, yeah. totally. That's, that's what it reminded me of. And so I, it's I totally just, get that vibe. Yeah, and, and it's just, just it. these guys are just hard at work, just taking a break and, and sharing a little bit of lunch. So while people are probably like, oh, that's, that's cute. You know, the chopstick, I'm like, there's something more about this, this, yeah. this very thing. So yeah, so I thought that was really cool. That's, I mean, that's the vibe that we're totally going for. Like, I, I'll be honest, I wasn't imagining that when, we, when I wrote it at least, but like, I totally get the vibe. And that's, that is the like, the feeling. It just, it was just kind of nice to sort of have a moment where I'm like, I don't remember, I don't remember if that was my ad or it was something that, we discussed in the room or pitch. So, you know, it's one of those things that I can't remember where, where it originated from, but it was something that's always stayed in the, in the montage in terms yeah. of like, just the fun of, of Daniel, like actually taking a bite of that bologna and like enjoying it. I, uh, the, I, I think the chopsticks, like him offering chopsticks and trying like taking it with his fingers might've been my pitch, but like, I think, you know, the idea of Daniel taking a bite of the, the bologna is just such a nice, like, like you give a little, you get a little kind of moment. And it was just, it's, it's great. Yeah. Well, once upon a time, Daniel was a poor kid in the eighties. He has yeah. lived on some baloney. Um, exactly. <laughs> he just didn't want to admit that he still liked it. I'm sure. Were there ever any different kinds of foods um, bantered around to be part of that? Or was it always going to be the dumplings in the baloney? I think it was, there was one version where it was sushi, but I think, you know, just like, doing multiple takes with sushi uh, for a long period of time. I think we just ended up switching to dumplings. So I think it was like a, like it might've been like a California roll or something that he like popped in his mouth, <laughs> but uh, either way, but it was always the blood. California roll. It doesn't even have fish in it, but maybe yeah. that might be something that Johnny's more willing to Something try. Johnny might actually, I figured Johnny might like, feel more comfortable going for something like that <laughs> just like so much you know uh, i no mean that's 
that's the anti-dragon roll if I've ever yeah. heard one. You, you oh know. my God, exactly, exactly. Um, I, I, I'm trying not to jump around because there's, there, there is so, so much in here, obviously. We, th- this is also the same episode where Terry Silver goes back to the dojo or, yeah, you know, to, uh, and, and has to talk with Kreese. But this is also where we see some more of Johnny's unorthodox training uh, techniques, including the, 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 the roof jump. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, not, not super safe. You, you probably saw a few like reaction videos on YouTube talking about like Spider Sam and or yeah, you know, sure. this before we even knew it was really Sam. Like it, it, I, I think I remember seeing that and I go, that could be anybody, you know, like uh, totally. that could be a new recruit that they haven't um, shown us yet, you know, and stuff like that. But yeah, did you remember kind of just talking about like some of Johnny's teaching techniques and when this yeah. came about? Yeah, you know, we were we were talking a lot about like what are some, what are some, what are some like what is, it, basically the way we attack this episode, especially for the kids, is like what is the core that each of them are being taught, and like for you know for for Miguel, it's about you know there's no it's not a straight it's like the difference being Johnny's always about you know you have to move forward in a straight path and Daniel's very much about circles, and we wanted to think about we didn't just want to do something like the um, what do you call it like the uh, uh, cement truck like we want to come up with something a little different that would kind of embody the simplest fundamentals of these lessons and i think it was bill posley who picked up who pitched the idea of like a a jump of some sort and in earlier versions it was jumping off a cliff into water right uh and to like a into like a, a, a you know like a lake bed or something or um uh you know um or a quarry and there were versions of that that i wrote that had that uh but you know shooting a bunch of kids jumping into water in the middle of the winter wasn't like, you know, the best idea. Uh, so, you know, we, we pivoted to the rooftop and the rooftop was always like, a, a, a you know, we always had that in the back of our mind. So it, it became that. And, and we always just loved the idea of, of Sam having this awesome badass moment where she was able to jump actually in version. We actually shot this. There were versions where all the kids made the jump uh, and that footage lives somewhere. Um, but in the end, we cut it because it was just—it's just more about Sam's moment. But my—but we had these great jokes where they jumped. To, I love this bit. Uh, they jumped to the other side. The kids jumped to the other side. They're all on the other side. They're all feeling amazing. They all did this thing that Johnny's, you know, helped them do. They feel this power. And then, and then one of the kids is like, "How do we get down?" And they're like looking around, and Johnny's, and like one of them is like, "Oh, there's a door." And they go to the door, and the door's locked. And now they're stuck on this roof. And John's like, hold on, I'll go get you. And he goes to his door and his door's locked. And now they're both stuck on these roofs. And then Nate goes like, um, Sensei Lawrence, I have to go to the bathroom. It's a number two. And it like ended with him like gripping his stomach and bending over. And in the end, we trimmed it all out. And maybe it'll show up on a deleted scene. But it was, uh, I love that joke. But it's really just so much about Sam's moment. Uh, yeah, so, so that's kind of where, where, where it kind of came from. Nate can m- maybe uh, take a shit in a tuba. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> Why did um, they have that up there on the roof? What the What's tuba? That? A tuba, yeah, a tuba yeah. on the roof for him. Yeah. No, I just, <laughs> I just wanted to call back to uh, uh, our interview, you know, with John and Hayden, where they talked about the cards. You know, yes. the, yeah. yeah, the, the running joke. The bird, the bird shits in tuba card has to be on our. We, we always have, you know, like just a, for, for those who don't know this, it's like the way that we card everything on the walls is we have, you know, we have the seasonal grid 
where we're tracking all the characters, every episode, what, what where their headspace is, all that stuff. So we can like quickly look on the wall and like know what we've done and where we're going and where the holes are. Then we have each episode that we're breaking. We have cards for that. You know, we usually have three episodes up at a time because so much of our show is about like, okay, well, where's the episode going? And sometimes we have ideas that we want to throw cards up. And then we have what's like, called like, like it's almost like a graveyard of ideas where it's just like funny jokes or bits or things that have never landed or whatever. So we have that on the wall. And sometimes we'll like look in the wall and be like, what if we did that one? And actually there was a few moments in season five where we had that, where we were like, what if we combine this one and this one? That was where like, I think, um, you know, stealing the snake uh, in season mm. three was one that had been on the wall since season two. And we were like, we need a B story for Robbie. What if we have him steal a snake in that episode? So one of the cards that we've always had is Bert shits and tuba. Uh, and we're it, like, who knows if it'll ever make it, but it, it's like at this rate, it's, it's, it's ritual. It like has to be on the wall. Otherwise it's not a season of Cobra Kai. Yeah. So if, if Owen hadn't heard that interview yet, hopefully he so there's two cancers here. <laughs> Owen's going to yeah, get a, right. like, well, I had a scene like that and I didn't get one. Um, can, you know, on the topic of like uh, Bert and Nate, um, I know for me on my first watch of season four, I was looking forward to some exchange between the two because you wrote a fantastic one in season three. You know, um, you know, if you die, you know, I will go to your funeral. I, you know, I hate your stupid face. Obviously, they're friends in this season, so we weren't going to get anything like that. But in this episode, we're using Nate as a system of measurement. <laughs> yeah, that was I, that was actually I can say was one of my jokes or one of my pitches uh, because I just love the idea. I just it just it just was made me laugh so hard that Dimitri would use Nate like that. Um, so yeah, we do introduce the it, what is it, fourteen nates high, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, uh, I I do remember uh, watching that, and I legit was thinking like I'm gonna have to look that up. I don't I don't know what that is. And then when Nate says like, "Can you please not use me as a system?" I'm like, oh, "Okay, okay, I got it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that that was a. I love that joke. That's a fun. Yeah. One. So um, what kind of insight can you, as the creative mind behind this wonderful episode, give us into pizza making, domesticating, catching beer bottle caps that are being thrown across the kitchen? Um, was that scripted? Did Ralph just get like tired of shooting and reach out and grab the thing out of midair? No, that was always scripted. We, okay. we, we wanted to do... Um, we well originally, you know, originally uh, Sam was going to do the bottle. You know, she like I, I think it's is it episode. No, it's not four. It's if five. You, episode five. Okay. In episode five, you know, Sam flicks the bottle like Johnny. And originally, that actually happened in my episode. And we trimmed it out, so we did the bottle catch as a way to set that up and remind the audience that Johnny does that. So that was J Ralph catching was always scripted. Uh, and much like him punching the baseballs, very few takes of actually having to do like he, he caught that thing. Uh, and I love that, that in, it, 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 it ties into the cold open where it's like, you want this to be, these are the best days. Like they're coming right. over for dinner. Like we also knew the fans would be like, Oh my God, they're having dinner together. And you know, for me, the, some of my favorite scenes that I love to write are when you've got a bunch of them at a table together because you've got the peanut gallery, everyone talking like, you know, episode nine and season two is like one of my favorite scenes that I wrote. And, and uh, so that scene was just like about like, OK, well, let's have a family dinner. And it's it was actually a really tough scene to, to it was a tough needle to thread because you're doing so much. It's like you're setting up Johnny 
and Daniel and their relationship a little bit. You know, you're, you're showing how they're doing, but then you're also setting up Sam's storyline for the season and Miguel's storyline for the season and, and, and moving forward and setting up, you know, their episode, like where they're feeling in their episode where Miguel doesn't feel like he's enough, you know, in Daniel's eyes or in general, because, you know, he is from, he is the Reseda kid. And, uh, and, and, you know, you're getting this, this thing where Sam is like, is kind of, you know, the LaRusso 2.0, all of it, the LaRusso 2.0 of it all, which will, you know, obviously tie in my other episode, episode nine. Um, so, you know, we really had to set up a lot of things and set up storylines and, and use the, the fact that, you know, Miguel looking at Sam and seeing where Sam is in her father's eyes and where he is in his own. It's just like, there was a lot to juggle. And, and uh, I feel, I feel good about where it landed. There is a lot of fun. And, you know, the wine spill was always, always there. Uh, because we wanted to have a moment like um, where Daniel, you know, kicks the brick in in Karate Kid, where he like kicks mm. the brick in front of Ali's house. We wanted to have a moment like that where he just embarrasses himself uh, in front of Daniel. So, you know, there was a lot of, and, and also it's tough because we didn't want Daniel to come off, you know, like oblivious. Like he he was a Reseda kid, so it's it's also a tough needle thread in that way too, where you want him to be like supportive. But Miguel is the one who's sort of like in his own head about it and thinking like, well, I'm not good enough. And, and also this is the first moment where we're really seeing Miguel. And this is really about Miguel and Sam being in a relationship that's like relatively stable for most of it up until Joe and Luan, you know, mess it all up in the prom episode. Right. But it's like, you know, we're, it's fun to see the two of them kind of interacting like a couple and like having them over for dinner and, you know, getting Carmen in there and having starting Carmen and Amanda's friendship, which is always really fun. So. Anyway, that's a long way of saying it was like a blast to write and and it does so much in such little time in terms of setting up characters and relationships and and storylines for the season and all that. It does. There, there was also, um, before this scene, there was even, uh, Johnny mentions uh, something about a cream puff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we threw that. We definitely threw that in. Uh, you know, we had to do it. Yeah. And I think we might have already uh, skipped over this sequence as well during the the, the training where uh, Eagle Fang is trying to ch- uh, chase the koi or or whatever, um, and then uh, Miguel gets wet behind the ears. Yep. So yeah, yeah, another, yeah. Another callback to Credit Kid. Tons of callbacks. There's, there's this one is filthy with them. Absolutely filthy with callbacks. Yeah. Yeah. So you got the Easter egg hunt episode out of season four then. Yes. Yeah. Tons of Easter eggs. And also just like, I think my favorite thing about writing on Cobra Kai is I love recontextualizing the stuff we've seen. Like, you know, one of my favorite scenes from, from season two is when, you know, Daniel brings Sam, oh no, season three, I'm sorry. When Daniel brings Sam to, um, to talk about Karate Kid 3, you know, about not losing to fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and it's always fun to take those, those storylines that, you know, some people might've felt were silly where it's like, wait, he's beating him with, kata but like recontextualizing in this way where it's like no he was overcoming something so so it was always fun to like kind of take that and and that's what i love about my episode where you know daniel's talking about you know the karate kid two and three and from his point of view and the financial aspect of it and the fact that you know he spent his money and he didn't have any money the fact that he never went to college it's all these things that i i feel like the fans are always like talking about or joking about and it was fun to kind of take that idea that that story piece that you know, really gets kind of glossed over in the movies. It's a big part of the plot, but you know, the, the ramifications of it, you never really see. And it's fun to like 
show Miguel that I just love Ralph's performance too, where he's just like, I never went to college. Like he just nails that scene, not to jump around too much, but yeah, like I, I really love, I love the Easter eggs. I love the references. It's just like, it, this episode is just so much fun to write with all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously we know that uh, Carmen had asked previously that, uh, you know, maybe we should slow it down a bit. Um, prior to them going to the LaRusso's to eat, was it more of like, okay, well, this is part of that slowing down or are they just coming from different places? Cause I, I just thought it was interesting that, that they decided because like that, that's a little obvious for people uh, like the family specifically, like Miguel, you know, like, um, is there something wrong because he showed up in a different car? Do you, you get what I'm trying to ask? Like, <clears throat> totally. And that, that yeah. was definitely leaning more towards the things are rocky between, between them. Like not necessarily they came from two different locations, but just that like, Oh, they, they didn't come together. And I think using that as a way, again, to like set up the end of this episode, we're, you know, spoiler alert, Johnny and Carmen have an amazing kiss and they're back together at the end of this one. So we wanted to set that up as quickly as possible and as efficiently as possible. And because, you know, Daniel and Johnny and Carmen and and Amanda have been on double dates. So it felt like he would have clocked that, you know, they showed up in separate cars and just, it's always like, because we have like, we're juggling a million characters. It's always about, attacking it in the most efficient way possible to set up the storyline so it doesn't so you're because you know johnny's relationship in this episode is kind of in the back is not really the focus of it his focus is really about sam and we wanted them to hook up at the end and using sam's jump as a way for johnny to be the one to take the the, the plunge and to take a jump and be like no this is what i want i want to be with you and our show is so good about setting up and paying off and sometimes it's as small a setup as that to just plant that in the audience's head. Right, right. Johnny and Carmen are not like strictly together right now. They're at this dinner, but they're not a, you know, a couple. Um, and, you know, to remind us that like, okay, by the end of this, like when they hook up, it's going to feel like a bigger moment because we've set up that the two of them are not together. Um, I, I like the way that it also at the I mean, talk about doing double duty. It, it shows where Johnny is with Carmen. It shows kind of where Carmen is with Johnny. And it, then we look and we see her and Amanda in there giggling and you just know they're giggling about the boys. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But Daniel is astute enough to pick up on that. He's brave enough to mention it. And Johnny is forthright enough to answer him. Yeah which is like a whole new level in their interaction with each other too. Totally. It was so much fun to come at this episode where like, they don't, they will always have their differences, but this is the best of times. And it was really fun to like have these two characters talk to each other like adults. And then you still have like Johnny call his son, like you're still a piece of shit. Like Johnny's still going to be Johnny and and, and all that. So uh, it was, it was really fun to kind of see that growth and like, and, and, and also, like, Daniel says, like, you know, hey, get the broccoli rob off the stove. You know, the green stuff, which calls back to the green stuff in episode two, um, where he said no green stuff on the taco. Like, using lines from their past to kind of, you know, oh, it's always fun to, like, have a little bit of, of tension between the two of them. But seeing, like, no, they're adults. And, you know, they're, it's like you mentioned the lover boy thing in episode two. Like, it's fun to kind of treat that stuff and not have them constantly be, like, defensive about those things. It's more they get defensive about their their like their karate and their styles and using the karate and styles as a metaphor for like the way they look at the world as opposed to strictly having them always just hate each other. It's just it's just more color and more fun. Uh, you just kind of mentioned like the uh, the Johnny and Anthony there. Um, great callback <laughs> to season one 
wait, are you are you the son or? or yeah, well, um, we knew the audience would be like, is that the same kid? So we were like, we have to at least call it out. Um, yeah. Well, was there any other alternate um, lines uh, or was that all on paper? Uh, I, you know, we had, uh, I think the only thing that changed were Whopper Juniors. There might've been alts to that. And I, I can't remember what they were, but I think Whopper Juniors was always the, the best one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's, uh, I, I don't know if I have too many to ask about, but I really love the, uh, the, the conversation between Johnny and Sam on the, on the rooftop. And yeah, um, Johnny saying, well, at, at least, you know, I, I, I'm doing what I love. And, and all of that. Can you talk about it? Because because it, it gets pretty emotional quick. Yeah, you know that actually that was actually a pitch from from um, Billy. Like we we had a version of it where it was like they're really antagonistic towards each other, and, and you know calling back the sitting in the back seat thing, and mm-hmm. the fact that you know Sam was in the back seat when they crashed into Johnny, and and you know you can't sit in the back seat your whole life, and her being in the back seat of that 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 was always in there. And Billy read it and was like, I love like to bring up the fact that he just loves being a sensei and calling that in. I think that was a great idea. So we, we added that in and, and it just makes that scene sing. Um, it's just so nice to hear him say that. And for Sam to also like understand that. And it's like, you know, we, we wanted to mirror Daniel and, and uh, Daniel and Miguel's conversation, which is a very emotional conversation too. And like, well, what is Johnny's version of that emotional conversation? What does Sam need to hear that's going to reach her? And I think it's a combination of those things where it's not just the like, tough love but also just like the brutal honesty of like sam calling out well like you don't have your life figured out and she's in and johnny admitting that saying like you're right i don't but at least i'm doing what i love and i'm i'm gonna do that every damn day and and sam understanding you know sam is coming into this very much biased from daniel you know like you know at the end of the day she was old before this episode she was always going to take daniel's side and understanding his point of view a little bit more just goes such a long way for her story and what we wanted to do in, in that, especially the back half where she like kind of starts doing more Eagle Fang and starts getting more aggressive. And, and it's so funny. Like I, I know Joe and Luan mentioned this in theirs where like episode two and episode eight are kind of like a part one, part two in some ways. And episode three and episode nine are very much like that too, where, you know, things we set up in three about Daniel LaRusso 2.0 and Johnny come kind of come to a head in nine, which is really sad or, or at least like at least the tension kind of explodes in nine and then we'll be settled in 10. But, um, but yeah, that's kind of how we approach that scene. And I love that scene. I mean, like Billy is, you know, when we shot that on the roof, like Billy just absolutely nailed it. And, and, and Mary too, like those two together, like that, that was what was kind of fun about this season. You know, at the, at the beginning of every season, we talk about like, what are the things you're excited about? What are the things that the potential of the season that you want to write to? And one of the things I said was, you know, and it might've been an obvious thing. It's like, this just feels like a fun opportunity to move the characters around and see scenes that see pairings that we haven't seen yet. And one of the biggest ones for me was Johnny and Sam. Like I was really, really excited to be able to, to have those two be in a room together and have them talk to each other. And, and also to an extent, Daniel and Miguel, even though they did t- speak to each other last year in season three, this is a, it, just having more of that is just always so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, moving away just for a little bit from um, the best of times side of this tale yeah. of two dojos, we've got the worst of times um, and we've got Terry Silver with some sincerely traumatic creme brulee. <laughs> it really is the most traumatic creme brulee. Um, I, I just want to say like Thomas uh, Thomas and Griffith, I know you guys met him. He is incredible. He is so good and he is so game. And like writing, writing Terry Silver 
is an absolute blast. I like, especially Silver and Crease. Like the two of like writing Crease stuff is so fun because there's like a touch of arch and stuff like that. And letting the two of them be in a scene together is so much fun. And the, the creme brulee, we were, I, <laughs> when we were, you know, breaking that story and, and doing rewrites and stuff, they were just like, we just like, let's come up with a way to like, at least, you know, motivate the flashback. So I, I pitched them that and they were like, okay, let's do it. Cause I, I very much like, just the clicking made me think of the gun. Well, that was the thing. I kind of worked backwards. I was like, okay, well, we need to hear the gun. So it was like, okay, well, maybe it's like a breakfast. Like, I think it was like a, I think technically it was like a French to toast creme brulee or something like that. Like, it, it doesn't matter what the food was, but yeah, I kind of worked, I kind of worked backwards where it was like, okay, well, I, the clicking of the gun felt so important because that was such a big, like he watched his friend get shot in front of him. And just working backwards, it's just so funny to me that like that dessert is what triggers this entire story more or less. Um, but yeah. So since we're kind of talking about uh, uh, Silver and Crease, and, and I know we're running uh, out of time with you here, um, can you talk about like the the, the flashback of the, the tattoos and and also Absolutely. yeah, Silver uh, visiting Crease at the dojo? Yeah, it's funny. Like we knew we had to, we knew we wanted to see them get the tattoos. We, we, that was something we've been talking about for years and coming at this, like, uh, you know, it's funny. We, we actually watched, we have, there was a, a thread between, you know, the big three and me and Joe and Luan where we were trying to find what part of Terry Silver's body we haven't seen <laughs> because, you know, he's naked, you know, he's pretty much in a towel for, through a bunch of scenes in in episode in the third movie and we like had to if you get it removed you would have seen it and he would have had it he wouldn't have gotten it removed yet so like we had to find the right spot we were talking about maybe it's on his arm no you see his arm in this scene like well maybe it's on his back shoulder like behind his 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 wingtip no you see it in the hot tub from that like we were literally trading movie stills to find it so we found that spot on the side and it worked out great. And, and the, I, also the irony was that the actor, uh, that is exactly where, he, that's the only place where he actually has a tattoo. So they had to cover up his actual tattoo to then put on this new tattoo. Um, and that scene was super fun. Like, you know, I, I loved the, the I, I did not get a chance to write any of the flashbacks last year in season three. So it was a blast to like have these two come back and have an emotional scene. And, you know, I love also just like the, the bringing up the All Valley uh, you know, the, the new All Valley and how many years that's been going and the fact that they joined it early and just building out their past is so much fun. And those two actors are awesome and getting Barrett back was great. And like, you know, it was, it's a great scene and it's, it's so much fun seeing those two together and seeing again, the best of times that led to the worst of times. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I t I'm just now making that uh, connection to the, to the parallels of the, of them. Yeah. Brianna, did you have anything to Oh, to well, add to um okay uh yeah i was gonna say um kenny this mm. is i mean we we've mm, met right, him before yeah. but this is where we really start digging into some um you know the scene just how like yeah he's super fast and we've seen that but yeah. he's also really nervous and he's way smaller than sean and uh, you know, all this different and uh, Dallas's face through the entire thing just like completely destroys me. Dallas is incredible. He's such yeah. a good actor. He's he's so much fun. He's such a nice kid. He's just like he's he's great. I, I can't believe that Major Payne was an accident. <laughs> no, that wasn't an accident. 
that was an accident at all. That well, I mean, the, the I mean, like, I mean, we we we. Uh, I actually remember me and uh, uh, Stacy Harmon were texting back and forth because you know we we had the name Sean in in the episode uh, in in his episode last year in uh, season three. We were like, what should his name be? And we were like, what about Pain? Like as a nod, I don't believe, I don't think it was, I mean, did someone say it was an accident? It might've been, the major thing might've been an accident, but. John, John said it was an accident. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, that might've been an accident, but we, we knew that like the, the pain of it all was like, oh, okay, that, that feels really fun. And, and that, that, that was like kind of a fun coincidence, but the, uh, but we, yeah, that name is always just such a great name for him. Because I, if I'm not mistaken, I know um, Martin Lawrence, when he was on Martin, his, his name was Martin Payne spelled the same way oh that i didn't realize that's really yeah it's and, and so um that's that was kind of what i was thinking when when season three came out i was like oh i wonder if that's maybe maybe where, where they got that and then when season me and brianna were watching this and like oh his dad's a major major pain <laughs> and so we brought that up to john and he was like you know what like that was an accident so maybe when he found out yeah, there was no connection that he thought I, that. I, I'd have to like honestly, my I don't have my old phone, so I don't know if that text exists. I'd have to look up and see if uh, how that that back and forth went down. But either way, it's great. It's a great nod because it's just it just is so funny. Yeah, that it works out yeah. that way. But yeah, with um, you know, Kenny or Robbie visiting Kenny at home. Mm-hmm. And find out more about Sean's backstory. Can you yes. talk about the the Payne brothers or maybe the Payne family dynamic? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, <clears throat> this episode was like just so much about, you know, getting some more context about Kenny and also like Robbie can relate to that and, and letting Robbie have, this is like the beginning of Robbie being a sensei and Robbie, you know, not just being in this tournament to like get back his parents or to like use Cobra Kai to, you know, to get that power and to focus his anger, but it was also just so much about like giving him a weakness and not a weakness, but you know, like actually having him have emotional states to why he's in Cobra Kai and having him kind of be on the other side of it. Like he, you know, seeing how hard it is to be a sensei and to kind of almost be Daniel or Johnny for a little bit to another kid and, and letting that relationship grow and have a big brother, you know, you know, Robbie's, you know, an only child and, and, Kenny had a big brother and letting them kind of have the big brother, little brother dynamic, which is so important. And, 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 and I, it's just so fun to, to see them together. And, and also it's like, how does Robbie teach somebody, you know, he's not as he's never had to teach someone before, really. I mean, he does a little bit in the, in the episodes, but like this, like to have a one-on-one sensei moment, like with Daniel, you know, he's like, he has his own way of doing it. And he's like kind of struggling with that. And it was just really, it was just really fun to kind of attack that and, and talk about that backstory and, and for Robbie to relate to that and, and to also get a new, you know, to get a new context of Sean and understanding why he was in there um, because they have their relationship. Um, so, yeah. Um, did you uh, come up with Kyler's last name? Park? Yeah. Cause it, um, uh, this is where we find that out from crease. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, you know, whenever it's with names, we all come up with like a bunch of pitches, mm-hmm. like, and and I, I honestly can't remember uh, if I came up with it or or if it was like Josh or or anyone or or Joe, um, but but yeah, this is the one where we reveal uh, Kyler's last name. That's right. Yeah, Mister Mister Park. So, uh, just one of those things. I was like, any parks in pop culture do I know? You know, but but uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the the thing with Korean last names, there's like, you know, I'm. 
just throwing out a number, but there's probably like a dozen very yeah. common Korean ones. So like it, it literally could have been um, anything. So, but but I did wonder if they were gonna make any kind of connections to like Harold Lee, you know. But I know there's mm. Devin Lee, you know, also. Yeah, I think um, Lee. I think Devin Lee was more of a callback to to Harold Lee. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Kyler. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember the the origin of it. it just it just sounded right. Kyler mm-hmm. Park. Yeah, I, and that's probably it too. Like you know, like what rolls off the tongue a little bit better? Mm-hmm. Like Kyler Lee, he's already got an L in Kyler. Yeah, I don't know for sure. And Park, yeah. it has that like hard consonant too. It just sounds like yeah, you know, stronger, strong. So that's kind of where yeah. it came from. I think I like that. So you were. We will. We'll come back to you. Have another last name that we have all been anxiously awating to find out about. Oh, that it, yes. it was was also <laughs> yours. Um, well, at least you got the, episode, at least. it was in yeah. your episode, but we'll come back to that when we get ready for <laughs> really the all Valley. Um, did you see in your head or were you on set the day that they dressed out those alley that, that, that alley, were you expecting just how hinky and skanky those mattresses were going to <laughs> be down there? Yes. Yes. I, so I was on set for, um, for all of episode three and, and actually for episode four as well, uh, I was I worked with Mary because um, the way that we did in season three was they directed in blocks. And um, uh, sorry, I, my daughter's walking past. Uh, we directed in blocks. So Marielle was directing episode three and four together. And, you know, when you direct in a block, you're, the, you're not shooting the scenes in order. Obviously, you're shooting at whatever is best for production. So I actually got to be on set for a lot of four as well. But yeah, for three, we went up to that roof and saw those mattresses. And I was just like absolutely dying at, 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 at how they were set up and how they looked. And it was just so funny. Um, the mattresses thing was always like a bit that we had in the script from the very beginning about, I think there were like, there was a line about it, like how he was like, oh, I think a hobo grabbed one of them. Like, I think there actually were less of them in earlier drafts where it was like one mattress. Because there is there one now? I can't remember. Is there one there's or two? Three? There's, there's, two. there's two for sure. There might At be a third two. underneath. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I think at one point there was a line of dialogue that was like, oh, it's fine. He's like, oh, actually there were supposed to be three. I think a, I think a hobo walked off with one of them. Ah, oh, you're fine. Um, but, uh, but yeah, those matches <laughs> were always so nasty and so funny. I, I love that Johnny just always has these lines or instances where there's a mention of like in when, when he's um, dojo shopping and, and then, uh, there's the mention of like, oh, I think I saw a homeless person take a dump in the vending machine, or <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, or yeah. There's, there's a meth head at the park that that used the um, water fountain to wash his ass with. That's <laughs> always so, something. Oh my god! And yeah. the best part yeah, is you always... know that they're all Lynn, right? The <laughs> yeah, meth head, they're, they're yeah. all Lynn. It's her yeah. entourage, you know? <laughs> I know, I know. It would have been great. We should have done that where, like, when you see Lynn in episode six, uh, is it six or seven, uh, where uh, she should have been sitting on a mattress. That would have been right. a nice nod that she, like, found it and dragged it all the way back. Um, but, yeah, those mattresses are gnarly. I, I, I know that you didn't write that, but um, since you brought it up, was there anything you might be able to share about, like, why there was no dialogue with Lynn or maybe there was that was cut yeah you know we actually did have a, a moment between Lynn and the aunt and and it just like mm. you know you you have these buttons to scenes and sometimes you're kind of looking at the scene and being like you know we need to be we need to stay on the emotion and it just never quite worked where it was like oh you had a back and forth but then you still want to land on Tori and it felt so tonally off to like 
have a joke, but then still land on Tori's emotion that's going to carry her to the next like rest of the episode and season. So unfortunately, it might, you know, maybe it'll show up on a deleted scene. So there was something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was good. And, and you know, we love uh, we love Lynn and and yeah. we, we you know, we just have so many characters that like, you know, unfortunately some come back and some don't and and hopefully we'll find more of Lynn in the future, especially as the series continues, you know. Yeah, it, you mentioned that before we recorded that you listened to our uh, season four recap, and I did. It was really yeah. great, and I and I love what Bri- Brianna had to say. Like, you know, she Brianna, did you say you like you, you like to think that she said something like, "Um, it's okay, baby," or something? Yeah, that she that she called Tori baby and she comforted her somewhere, oh, you know, off nice. screen. I think I think one version of it that we had was uh, it was like the aunt and her like being aggressive to each other, like Lynn saying something along the lines of like stay away from this and the aunt like just biting her head off a little bit like just these two people who are so aggressive just kind of like attacking each other but i love that i love that idea brianna of lynn being like very soothing or whatever so that that's that's a nice idea i like that well it's like it's her mark those are her kids and just because you know as far as she's concerned their father could go jump in a fire but you know totally right um Let's see. We 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 touched on um, Kenny Robbie's visit. I, I oh uh, M- Miguel. So we got more Miguel and and Daniel. Yeah, um, yeah. At, at at the dojo. So so this is some, something I definitely wanted to 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 ask you. So um, as they are leaving for the day, uh, Miguel gets a call from Carmen. Um, or, or something happened with the vehicle and and all of that. Um, I feel there must have been uh, a discussion whether or not Miguel would ask Daniel for help. Like, right? Like, he's, he's a sensei. He's, a, he's a, an adult. He knows the family. Well, why couldn't uh, Miguel have asked Daniel uh, for, for the help rather than saying, hey, we'll take care of it? You know, our headspace was, you know, Miguel's headspace in that episode is so much like, I want to look strong to Daniel. Like, and I don't want to ask for help. And I think, like, he doesn't, I don't think he's, I honestly don't see him as someone who's comfortable enough to ask him for help, especially like how the dinner went so poorly. And then he embarrassed himself, mm-hmm. you know, falling into the water. And I think he wanted to be like, no, no, it's fine. I've got it. Uh, and I think like, that's so much to Daniel's character too, to be like, like, let me help you. And I think like that, that allows, I think it's just, you know, I, I think back about when I was like that age and I, you know, knew the, my girlfriend's parents and wanting to be like, no, I'm an adult. I'm a strong, like you can look at me like an equal and, and allowing a parent or, or an older, you know, person to just be like, it's okay. Like it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to like, you don't look weak asking for the help of someone you, you know, you might not know super well and, or at least like have a, a newer connection, I should say. And I think that's why we wanted to do that was to allow Daniel to kind of have a moment where he's like, no, I can help you like use me. Let me let me teach you. And also for Miguel to start to like kind of let let his guard down a little bit with Daniel and to let him not feel so much like, oh, I've got to like be this, this, you know, show that I'm worthy enough for for that for uh, for Daniel. And, you know, there were versions where like the car broke down in front of the dojo mm-hmm. um, and things like that. And you actually had a moment where, you know, the bet they they go out and push uh you know uh like, like in the movie the pop it we actually had many versions of pop it but it was one of those things where like you know the way that our, our sets work and our locations work it's just like it never would have looked very good uh so we, we ended up trimming that but uh i, I yeah that, that's kind of where the where that's why miguel doesn't ask for help immediately okay yeah i love that 
Um, now, I, I know that because of the way it's shot, I assume we are not meant to see the label. I think the label is backwards on purpose, but that's not going to stop me from asking. Do we know what medication Terry is meant to be on that he stops taking as the season goes on? So we don't We're. I, I honestly couldn't remember what it was. We want to be careful with that because we didn't want to be specific to we didn't want to say anything specifically about like mental health or medication or the kind of thing he has. We just wanted to allude to the fact that like there's something going on and him stopping to take his medication might play into that, might not play into that. So that that's, that's why we don't specifically see the label. Okay. I just think it, because I mean, it's, it's pretty clear that he's like doing this descent into psychopathy again. Um, And poor Cheyenne, I, I feel, I mean, it. get out there and get some self-worth, girl. Quit with the, <laughs> oh, you must just be busy. Kick him to the curb and go find a new man. Come on. Yeah. Well, well I think it shows, it also, it's so much like, you know, I think it, it kind of like ties into the way that we wanted her to care about him and to be this anchor for him. And, and in terms of his old, in terms of this new life that he's he's found himself in that he wants to have. And, the idea, like, if Cheyenne did say, like, forget you, I'm leaving, we want it to be more about his choice, that he's the one that's kind of abandoning her because he did have kind of a good life and he did have, like, was comfortable and Cheyenne clearly did care about him. And I yeah. think, I'm not saying that Chris was wrong in what he found in Terry, but I think there's something interesting about, we want, we, we felt, we wanted Terry to be the one to make the choice and to be the one that shut down Cheyenne and walked away and ghosted her, basically. Um, I'm not disagreeing with you about her, but like, go get yourself worth. And, you know, that might've been the next text um, right. that we didn't see. <laughs> but that was the goal of that moment of like feeling like, oh, wow, he is like pulling away. Um, and and this feeling of like, you know, Terry's very much lost to see in this episode where he's like having these these memories and he, but he doesn't want to go back to Cobra Kai and stepping foot in that dojo. It just, it's a big step. And honestly, you could argue that the second he steps foot in the dojo, he's coming back. You know, like when he takes off the shoes, which is such an amazing moment. So, yeah, that that's kind of where our heads were at with that moment. I mean, it, it, as we get ready to wrap up, let's talk about that moment. I mean, that is one of the first images we, we saw of season four. Terry yeah. Silver in, in that blue shirt, you know, and and already everybody was like, oh, you know, so, so we, we didn't know that there was going to be a rift between the two. And a lot of people were kind of analyzing like, Thomas's expression on his face like he does look upset and so you know and then we were trying to tie it into like the the, the image of them at dinner together it's like well yep. which which one came first and, and, and all yep. that um but I, I just wanted to throw this out before we get more into it but one of my favorite lines of the entire season because I've never heard the expression but in context like I, I know there are other versions of it but why can't you just let sleeping dogs lie yeah like, I just love when I heard that I just I, I just I was like it, you know, it's just one of those things that I'm like, I'm never going to forget that line. You know, like later on, we hear like, it's like, man, from heaven, baby, you know, it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things. But um, thank you. Yeah. I, uh, but, but that line where um, I've never heard it. So can you talk about writing that line? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm actually going to see. I'm curious. Uh, I wonder if that how early that script was there, how, li- how early that scene, that line was there. Um, you know, it, it was something that was always just like, that, that just epitomizes so much of like their relationship. And let me say, uh, 
I wonder how early that line was there. Let's see. Um, Leona, did, did you and I have the discussion of that line? Was that in our season four recap? I, I feel like I spoke to somebody because I was trying to ask if that was yeah, like a common expression. So, so it was, it wasn't, it, it, I, I don't know if I wrote it or Hayden wrote it, but it was, you know, there were, we knew that it was just this feeling of like, you could have left well enough alone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, and, and, and Sleeping Dog's Lie was an expression I had heard before and known before. And it just like ties into like the, the way he looks at the world. So yeah, that, that was something, you know, there were earlier versions of the scene where he was like coming in a little bit more, very early versions where he's coming in a little bit more like, what have you got here? I'm curious about this and still being argumentative. But then as we made changes, we realized he should come in way more hot. And, 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 and that was where that came in. So you could have just left well enough alone. You know what I mean? That's kind of where yeah. that came from. The letting sleeping dogs lie. I mean, and, and now that you said that, and I, I feel like an idiot for not even picking no, up on no. that, but, but, but even his, uh, uh, the, the cadence and, and his um, uh, enunciations of those where it sounds like, you know, you can just leave the, the well enough alone. Yeah. And, and, and it's also like, I think sleeping dogs lie is also like not to get super like, in depth about it but it, the image of like a sleeping dog is kind of what terry was in a lot of ways where he was like content and and but asleep ultimately his eyes yeah. were closed to what he was and what he should become and all that and i think like just that sort of feeling of like you you woke the bear you know what i mean yeah. and now now i'm here and now what what now this is your fault and now, now i don't know what to do you know what i mean he's very much in a like a fever in this episode where he's like I'm angry. I'm upset. I don't want to be join Cobra Kai, but I'm not satisfied with where my life is. And it's all because you woke me up. And I think like the fact that his hair is wild, it's so great when he just ties it back at the end. You know what I mean? Like it just all ties into that stuff. It's also very um, Karate Kid, very Halloween fight, because that is the the, for a different reason. But it's almost the exact same speech that Johnny gives Daniel before he almost kills him. Yeah, um, absolutely. You, absolutely. You, you, you couldn't leave well enough alone, could you? You had to push it. And yeah, yeah. And that's what Crease is doing. He just keeps pushing. Exactly. Exactly. OK, I mean, I just want to go back. I, I, just, and I just watched the episode again last night. Like, uh, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go back and rewatch it because, you know, like obviously with, with your insight and stuff like that, it it, it really uh, in speaking to all of you guys, it really enhances like our uh, repeat reviewings you know sure. uh, of the show so it's like you know because because uh, again the show just 10 episodes a season you're, you're, this episode's 34 minutes i believe and speaking with john the one we heard uh, uh 408 was like 40 they, uh, almost like seven minutes it came in longer off. it was it was longer than episode nine it was like yeah. it was a monster episode i mean it was huge when it came in and the script was always huge because that is like doing so much i mean that that episode has to do a ton um and unfortunately a lot of a lot of things we loved had the cutting room floor in that episode which i'm sure that you know i know they told you about mm-hmm. um yeah. so um what, what question do you have about the what terry increase here in the dojo at the, at the end um about terry increase not much i do have one last question before we wrap up though okay yeah i got i, I think i have like one as well okay Great. Um, Johnny's finally getting his chance here to give Carmen his big heartfelt love confession. And he does it in front of her mother, which probably doesn't bother him, but three absolute strangers. But yeah, then it yeah. doesn't seem like it bothers either one of them anyway. And they just start making out in front of everybody. So, yep. 
Um, what kind of headspace did you want Johnny in when he came to that door? So I think like what I love about, so the, so that scene is like, okay, this is Johnny's jump, right? Like it's right. even the way Mariel brilliantly framed it where it's like mirroring, you know, Sam's feet walking, dropping the bag, like Sam drops the backpack. It all mirrors, which was an awesome idea. And I did in script, like want to mirror that where it's like walking just like Sam does. And she was the one who was like, oh, it should look like the exact same. And she, he is a man on a mission. He is coming into the scene with only one goal and that's to get Carmen back and to like make up for the mistake, you know, for what happened in the first episode where like they had a shift because of a, of a, you know, a misunderstanding. And I think like what I love about this moment is when the doors opened, it could have been too easy for Johnny to be like, Oh, let's talk about it later. But I love that he looks at this moment. It's a, it's a joke. It's a joke on one hand, but it's also like a hurdle. And he's just like, forget it. I don't care. I'm just going to look at you like you're the only one here. And it's just the fun of like the, it's like our, um, what's that movie? Uh, Jerry Maguire. Uh, Jerry Maguire moment. You know what yeah. I mean? Like having the audience there a little bit and having them kind of like playing cards or whatever. So that was the idea was, was we, he was so focused on getting Carmen back that he didn't care that other people were there. Let him watch. And that's just such a Johnny thing too. He's sort of like, I don't care what I do. I don't care. I don't care what you think about what I do. So enjoy. You know what I mean? And just living in the passion and the moment of it. Oh, yeah. T just total vision right there. Yeah, because we, we asked um, uh, Vanessa about that that, that sequence as well. Um, actually, I, I do have two, but one's more of a technical kind of a, a sure. quick one. But Please. So so we have been hearing about like the, the block shootings, you know, like the, these characters we have now. Let's do this stuff now. Is that a little bit more challenging than what you guys are used to in the previous seasons? No, we've done that for the past three years. I think season or past oh. four years now, we've, we've done block shooting where directors would shoot episode one and two together, episode three and four together, and right. so on and so forth. So, I, you know, it's it's it, this year, actually in season five, we didn't do block shooting. We actually shot one episode at a time, which was much easier. <laughs> um, the, the, you know, part of our job on set for, you know, not just the big three, but for Joe Luan and myself and Bob Dearden, who was on set for season four, uh, five, our job is to like, know where the show's going, remember the headspace of the character to keep it all tracked. In, and, and that was like kind of what we do is we're like, actually, you know, you have to keep like, you know, I would say to Marielle, like, oh, can we try one like this? Because in this previous scene, this happens and stuff that she might not know or like, or it's going to lead to this moment and her understanding that, or the director understanding that context changes the direction of the scene because, you know, we have to set things up and stuff like that. So it's definitely not like an easy thing to block shoot, but that's like part of our job is to keep it all straight and to know like, okay, this happens before this moment and this happens pay, pays off later in this way. And, you know, kind of mirroring that stuff, you know, and you know, well, the way it works is we have a, a tone meeting before we shoot where we talk about every scene and talk about the headspace and the tone and where it's, where it's going and stuff like that. So part of our job is just to like constantly be like the Bible on set you know, answering questions like if they're like, oh, you know what, the way this was written, I'm bumping on this. Oh, well, let's try it like this. Maybe this will help solve it. So, you know, the block shooting has its own set of, you know, hurdles because of that. But, you know, anytime you're shooting, you're already shooting out of order anyway. So it's always about like remembering what's their head coming into the scene? What is their head coming out of this scene? How does it change them? Stuff like that. It's just like always, you know, tantamount to the way we write Cobra Kai. Mm hmm. And, and my last question, um, it, it, it kind of re reminded me, or you reminded me when speaking with Joe Luan, how so many things were cut out. One of my favorite things, and it comes up in a much later interview, um, but they talked about like uh, Lucille having Johnny 
remove his shoes. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, were there any cut things from this episode? Uh, Terry and and Chris, um, Kenny, Robbie. Um, let me think. I mean, you know, I, I did love. I, 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 the thing that I talked about where everyone jumped over the roof. I did always love, right. like, the. I did love the end of that scene. I think, like, that cut was. I'm very happy we made that cut um, because I think it's just so much more about Sam. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any other jokes or lines. No, I, I think like for the most part, all the, all the stuff that we loved stayed. I just, I do love the end joke of um, I did miss the, the, the Nate, like, like, Oh, just the fact that they're locked on the roofs. was such a funny image, um, but it had to get cut. So I think that would be what I, what my answer would be, which is unfortunately something I already said. Um, but that was my, I love that joke. I just love the like real, and, and Billy was so funny. Like the kids were so funny, like pulling the door and then Billy, like realizing he was locked up was so good. So I hope we can like throw that online at some point because it was so, so funny. It's very interesting because we have spoken with Nate and Gianni who are both mm-hmm. in, in that scene and neither of them brought that up. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I yeah, know. We, uh, you but know, they all- that, that, that was a tough day because it was like, we did. We actually shot two days up there. One day, all for the dialogue, and like those kids were tied to ropes, mm-hmm. uh, which were all del- you know obviously erased digitally. Um, but like that was a tough day. Like it was cold. It was windy. Like we had, there was a train passing all the time, so we had to like cut around that. Um, and you know, it was also like there was a rainstorm a couple of days earlier, so we had to be careful and make sure there was no water. Like it was, it was just a very tough scene. And then the second day, we just did all the stunts. Like we literally had our stunt team, Selkie, who um, is uh, the stunt stunt woman who play who uh, who's uh, the double for Sam. Um, Sam. She like literally jumped, oh, made those jumps. Like she was incredible. And like uh, you know, we had Sam landing on the other side. We had to like there was a bridge that we would and that wasn't built for it. It was already there, like that connected the roofs. So we'd have to walk to the other side and then tie them up. Like it was just we were literally up there for a full day. Um, shooting just jumping stuff just everybody like absolutely hauling hauling ass to, yeah. to, to to like to get to the roof and all that stuff so it was it was it was a very like i remember being on set for that and was really tough but i think in the end it's like a memorable scene and and mary's incredible like the feeling of like oh she's making this jump in the slow motion it just all came together so well was selkie's um sam's new double was julia maggio was she not available or something wasn't that who uh, first Sam before? I, yeah, no, we, you know, it just, no, I, I'm not sure uh, who was available for what, but, you know, Selkie, Selkie came on when we had the new stunt team uh, with Ken and Don and uh, who are amazing. I mean, they Ken. I mean, Ken's been on the show before, like he was the right. double for, for Chris, obviously, but you know, Don was new and he just like came in with so many great ideas and just like a knowledge and really wanted to up, up the game in a big way. And I, I think it's like all there on the screen. And they were so yeah. safe and, and, the, and you know, so comf- everyone felt so good with them, even though they were new. And uh, so, yeah, I, I really can't. I don't know. I don't know what happened with Julia, but uh, but Selkie's awesome. And she's she really brings it and and uh, and is great. Everyone's just so game and just wants the show to just be better every year. Yeah. I mean, I Kim have, wasn't um, just. A... I'm going to say you finished what you're saying. Oh, um, no, I was just going to say, uh, Ken wasn't just uh, Marty's double, but he was also a character in the flashback in uh, season three. Oh yes, yes, of yeah. course. Yeah, that's right. Ken's awesome. He's he's great. We we text occasionally. He's a good dude. I love Ken. Um, I don't I don't know if you saw it, but um, after I interviewed uh, Mark Nanazato uh, last last year, um, 
I've, I don't know if I just found it somewhere, but there was like the picture of Mark Ken and I'm forgetting who the third person was, but they were all sitting in the Cobra Kai dojo. And oh, I, took, cool. I took the screenshot from Spaceballs. Like, these are not them idiots. These are their stunt doubles. So. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> all right, Brianna, go, go ahead. Uh, your last comment, then we'll finish this. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, in case we haven't said it, congratulations on being a, a, one of the way, way up there writers on like the number Thank one you. show in the universe. Um, we, I, I talked to Joe and Luan a little bit. Um, Luan didn't even know it had happened on their episode, but you had the same thing happen to you, which is it turns out that the girl that lived in the house across the street from where you were filming Kenny's front door mm is a fan of Cobra Kai. So she got her phone out as teenage girls are going to do with Tanner Buchanan's on their front step. Of course. Um, it, it, when the leaks started circling and you realized that one of your episodes was one of those leaks, was there frustration? Was there anger? Was there uh, like a resignation to it? You know, I, I, I feel like I'm a lot like Joe where like I, I don't or in Luan, I don't like to look at the leaks. I'm just like, oh, that's a bummer. And and I think, you know, my feeling is I mean, I'm definitely I was definitely frustrated. I was definitely bummed. I get it, though. Like people are excited and, and they're just they just want to like, look, what does this mean? And I know I, I know everyone's so excited. It's so, I just like I think I just I digest like content so much differently than a lot of people do in that way where like I don't like knowing anything going into a movie or into a TV show because I think so much about the fun of watching this isn't just seeing the things happen it's like I, I don't if I knew something was going to happen like if I knew that Terry Silver had won you know the you know, that that Cobra Kai won the dojo and I knew that going into the season I I don't enjoy the like how of it like okay i know the this, journey. now i'm learning how it's more about well but it's like you know it, it's one thing to like kind of go along for the ride and seeing the things happen as it happens versus knowing it's going to happen and watching the content to be like well how does it happen or why does it happen and for me it's like i want to enjoy the whole thing i love being surprised i like hate spoilers so much um like you know i'm very frustrated with the way like that's part of the reason why i went off twitter and, and social media because so much of the way that that site works is about like being the first one to say like, Oh my God, this happened on Boba Fett. And <laughs> I think like, I just like, so, you know, I, to each their own. And, and if people like, I, I, I would hope I would, I would prefer that the fans do not share leaks, even if they're really excited about seeing something, because you know, it's where, you know, I mean, I was actually like to Joe's point, I was impressed that more stuff didn't get leaked considering the amount of huge things and huge reveals that we're doing and, you know, being on location, we have to be on location to shoot. So the fact that not as much, and we've, you know, we've changed the way we have to do production because like things get leaked. So, you know, we we're changing names on script. We're not taking pictures of the of the episode titles anymore because, you know, we're, we're trying to hide as much as possible um, because we want people to, we want the fans to be surprised and we don't want anyone to, to accidentally have that surprise get ruined because I know what that feels like to be like, Oh God, like that got spoiled. That would have been such a cool reveal. Like, you know, for me, like watching Mandalorian, I loved, I didn't know Baby Yoda existed. Like I was so surprised and I was blown away when that happens. And that's the feeling like being a writer. That's what I want you guys to feel. That's what I want the fans to feel. To be like, oh my God, they did that. So that when you have that surprise, it, it just hits all the harder. Um, you know, even watching a trailer, like, oh my God, like, no, like knowing that Chosen was going to, if you knew at the end of the season that Chosen was going to show up, 
you know, it would change the way you feel about the episode versus not knowing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's a long winded way of saying like, I'm always, I'm always a little more bummed than others. I think about this leaks and, and I, I, I would prefer that people didn't share them. Um, and I think it just kind of is like just the world that we live in, in terms of fandom where like these fan sites, you kind of have to be on top of it and, and share these things. And, and it's part of the reason why I stopped following a lot of these sites because they felt like they had to reveal every little tidbit and be the first one to share it. And, and I will say, I very much appreciate the way you guys approach that stuff. And I, I know that some stuff from, we've had some leaks uh, in the past few seasons and I very much appreciate that you, you guys were very much saying, please don't look at them or don't share them and, and taking that stance with it. And I, and I've, I always really appreciated that. Um, so yeah, that's where, that's where I feel about it. Oh, sure. I mean, so I, I think you were still around when like, um, it was revealed, you know, the, the Eagle Fang geese. And so yeah, that was, that was the biggest one for me. I'm like, great. Now we know that it doesn't work out at some point. Yeah. So you're, you're kind of waiting for it. And, and, you know, you see it in the trailer now too, like at least in the first trailer, you see that there are people are wearing red geese. Like if you're really looking, you'll see it. Mm. And I think like some of the, some of the, but I know that that leaked before it and it, that wasn't, that was a bummer, but it is still like, okay, well, at least you're not sure when that happens, why that happens. Does it happen early? Does it happen halfway through? Um, and you know, it, it is, it is what it is, unfortunately. And it's a bummer when that happens, but it's really like, it's so hard. It, I'm impressed. Not more got leaked. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like there yeah. were so many huge things we did and on location and like, flying in the, the guys from the past and you know like that all that stuff any at any moment something could get leaked and we've been yeah. really trying to be even more careful so i'm i'm thankful that not a ton from season five has been leaked um so i know there's been a few but nothing too crazy uh but yeah i'm, I'm just excited for for y'all to see that when that comes out eventually yeah. i don't know when right and you know also i i think it is like a kind of a small price to pay for being like one of the best shows in the world i mean yeah it's like people are just excited they love the yeah. show and, and we love our fans and like I, I hope it doesn't come off like i'm, I'm mad at the fans because i'm honestly not I, I it all comes from a place of love and excitement and being like oh my god look at this like this is what's coming and i know that the way that it works you you get the new season you binge it you devour it you watch it again and again and again and then you have to wait another year for more so it's like <laughs> I'm not surprised that people would be like champing at the bit for every little detail and, and information and hint. And, you know, I, I, I know I get it. I'm like that with other shows too. So I'm, I'm lucky that I know what's coming and I, I get to enjoy it and, and, and be on that side of it. And it's like, listen, I love being a part of Cobra Kai. Like you mentioned, being one of the high level writers, like I mentioned this on my first interview, Cobra Kai was my first staffing gig and I wouldn't be in the career and position I am. I'm in even with Twisted Metal if it wasn't for Cobra Kai and, and, and being a part of that and learning so much from John, Josh and Hayden about how to be a producer and a showrunner and how much work that goes into writing a TV show and creating a TV show. It's just, it's just, you know, insurmountable <laughs> the amount of work that goes into it. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just the absolute best being a part of the show. And, and the fact that you guys love the show so much and everyone loves the show so much, so show so much is like the best reward. I mean, that's like why we do it is, the things we get excited about, we're like, we know the fans are going to lose their goddamn minds when this happens. And then it ha- then we see you lose your goddamn minds and we feel vindicated and we enjoy that we got that reaction. So yeah, yeah oh, it's man. all, it's, it's all great. You know, uh, you know, the, yeah, we, we, we reciprocate the, the love and you know your passion for, for what you do. It warms my heart, man. It's always a joy to speak with you. Um, of course. I, I, again, like I, I know that our listeners, they they love all the interviews, especially with the writers. 
but I know that uh, people love pointing out your energy and always oh. um, enjoy, you know, hearing uh, your you. insights. That, that's so nice. I'm happy. I'm happy to hear that. And listen, it's just, I, I love the show. I love, I love you guys, the fans and, and it, you know, doors always open and you know, Hey, maybe in the future, maybe you'll do a twist of metal podcast. Uh, hey, <laughs> look, I, I have ideas for, you know, it, it's going to happen. You know, when the show ends, we, we have ideas. So oh, it, th- oh. this, this podcast is Cobra Kai companion, you know, any extension of Cobra Kai. This I, love is coverage. I love it. Well, the door, listen, you, you guys have my, my, my handles, please. Anytime I love coming on and, and chatting and I'm, and I'm, you know, it's, it's always fun to talk to you too. The Fantastic. door is always uh, open unless Hayden slams it in our face, right? <laughs> proverbial door yes he loves this too yeah so yeah thank you michael you mentioned thank the handles you. if if you welcome the interactions you know yeah you, you know if you, i'm on twitter uh at beardy mcwhisker i'm on instagram at i am michael jonathan i'm honestly not on them very much so feel free to follow and occasionally I, i'm mostly in posting either announcement stuff of what i'm working on or you know sharing occasional retweeting more stuff about the show so i don't talk about my my personal life very much anymore but uh or try to make jokes so it's mostly just like do you want to see what i'm working on i'll I'll probably share it there yeah but uh hopefully i'll have more cool stuff to share in the future uh you know and and yeah thanks again for having me on it's always a blast yeah maybe some behind the scene photos from this episode we just talked about soon let me see if i can scope some if i haven't shared them yet I'll, i'll i'll go through them and i'll put them up uh, Brianna, where can people find you or follow you if they don't already? I am Brianna25, Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, archive our own fanfiction.net. My, I think I said, I mentioned MySpace last night. I don't know. <laughs> Everywhere. You did. You Everywhere. did say MySpace last night. Um, that, that thing is just like a social media thing for like musicians now or something. I don't know. Totally. Um, for me, I'm on Twitter at Cobra Kai Pod, on Instagram, Cobra Kai Companion, Companion spelled with a K. Please check out our website if you guys haven't already, CobraKaiCompanion.com, for links to most of our interviews, at least 95% of the interviews. I, I, I have to update that. Um, but as always, thank you guys for continued support. If you're watching this on YouTube, please hit like, so that way we can you know, um, share more of these interviews of, uh, with, with other Cobra Kai fans that love this stuff like you guys. So um, we will catch you guys next time on the next episode. Bye. Haven't you done enough, princess?